Hello and welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Craigers. And I am the other one, Miss Melmoy. And this is episode 38. And tonight we are talking about the um, somewhat recent release, very, getting lots of very buzzy reviews and chatter right now, Tragedy Girls. Ooh. Ooh, which is now streaming on Hulu. It is. It is. But before we talk about Tragedy Girls, we have got to do some horror headlines. Oh boy, boy, what's been going on in the world of horror? Let's see, you guys. Let's see. Um, Miss Mel, you got anything you want to start with? Um, well, it's not necessarily a headline, but topically coming up, Get Out is nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Hey-yo! Um, really good movie. Um, horror, dark comedy, thriller, film, psychological, I don't know, there's a lot of <clears throat> hats this movie wears. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know why. Because it was a huge buzz, like, the second it came out. Um, it's got a lot of nominations, actually, at the Oscars. Very good movie. Looking forward to it. It probably won't win, but there are there's, <laughs> there's the oh, hope. I don't think it'll win the top, top dog status. Yeah. But I think it has a shot at some of the other ones. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Jordan Peele is nominated for Best Director, uh, which is... Really great. He's only the fifth African American man, I believe, to be nominated for Best Director. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could win screenplay. Screen. It has a good shot at screenplay. Yeah, original screenplay. So it's exciting. Yeah. And um, I've seen a lot of. Uh, uh, well, obviously, a lot of horror people are excited because Get Out is nominated and. Um, Horror films so rarely get the attention of the Academy, especially nominations for um, the really, really prestigious awards, um, like Best Picture. Um, But also some excitement about The Shape of Water, which one could make a case for is a creature feature. Yes. Um, Del Toro himself said it was basically his version of Creature from the Black Lagoon as a love story. So, yes. It's kind of cool, too. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, that's exciting, guys. Um, what else is going on in horror? Well, you've got The Walking Dead coming back for the back half of season eight. Oh, my God. You zombie fans know there's been a lot of controversy over the uh, most recent major character to get the axe. Which, 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 which white person is that? Which same white person five times... I all assume they're the same person. Because you, you assume who is the same person? All of them. All of all of Walking Dead is, oh, is all one, of Walking. one person. Is all of one person? Yes, it's just one person. And then they're, and they're just walking all the time. They're just walking. <laughs> they never stop walking until they die. Until they die, and then they walk more because they're the Walking Dead. Yeah, it's, it's it's sort of like you know, the ultimate reality show. Very like very docudrama esque. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got a lot of that going on. And, um, anything big in the news lately? Not 
No. So much. The usual. The usual is going on. <laughs> this and that. How the new Halloween movie wrapped production. Ooh, yes. October 2018 this year. Yeah. Very exciting. Supposedly, it's a definitive close to Halloween, but they the also say that. Every time. We'll, we'll see, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's still unclear even how, like, what timeline it's following. Because, you know, Laurie Strode is around. And we know that she died in the opening of Halloween Resurrection. So. Or did she? Or did she? Or did she? Or did she pull a Michael? Um, Oh. She took um, a page from Michael's book. A new movie from the director of Record, stylized as Wreck in parentheses, um, dropped a film on Netflix, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, Veronica. I don't know anything about it. I Um, saw that that happened. Uh, Yeah, I also don't know anything about it. Yeah, don't know anything about it, but um, I enjoyed Rex, so we'll see how this goes. I don't think this one is a found footage film. Um, Add more than enough. But I don't know, maybe we'll watch and get back to you. (laughs) Apparently a Ouija <laughs> yeah, board is involved. Who's involved? A Ouija board. Oh, oh a Ouija board. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it got um pretty good reactions at the Toronto Film Festival. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Well, take it. Yeah, so there you go. There's something to watch if you're bored this week. Yeah. But, yeah. That's all I got for horror headlines. It's kind of a quiet horror. It seems to be a summer thing or weirdly a Christmas thing. <laughs> well, I think it just this year is starting off so shaky as compared to last year. Yeah. But the mainstream offerings that we've had have been pretty weak, like Insidious and Winchester. Oh, I didn't even see Insidious. I knew you that know, it what? happened because I saw the ads in the mall. <sighs> right. Whereas last year, horror was off to a really great start. You had Split and Get Out and all that stuff. Before that, we started with The Witch. So this year has been. Yeah. And then there was some great indie stuff that, you know, that was going straight to VOD last year. Um, We might start to be getting good traction with um, The Ritual, which got um, a lot of good buzz. I'm currently reading the novel. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say anything about because I watched the movie. I did not read the book. Um, I'm liking the book so far. I actually have to stop myself. I like two nights in a row. It was like the last thing I read before bed. And then <laughs> don't do that. I was like, no. Although to be fair, I now have a habit of reading the Laura Palmer Secret Diary or Secret Diary of Laura Palmer before bed. Called, before bed, and I was like, that was a mistake. Also, probably a bad idea. So. The answer is clearly don't read before bed. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Don't read. Stop reading. Don't read. Stop it. Forget what words are. Forget what words are. Focus on social media. <laughs> Which could very well be the mantra of our friends in the movie we're talking about today. But there are no segues. And no segues 2018. <laughs> so, with that in mind, let's start talking about tragedy. Tragedy girls. All right, so let's do um, let's do a little a quick little recap, and then we'll walk through, shall we? Yeah. 
Okay. So, Tragedy Girls is the story of two best friends, Michaela Hooper and Sadie Cunningham. Hooper. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) Who run a blog called Tragedy Girls. And their goal is seeking insta-fame, as it were, through the exploitation of other people's tragedies. (laughs) (laughs) Very parasitic. Very soul vampire sort of thing. They're very very 2018. Yeah, they are like that um, the poster girls for that very detestable niche of millennial. Mm-hmm. And so our heroines, anti-heroines. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not clear how you're meant to feel about them, which is an interesting move. Because like you you're like, okay, like I'm behind you and I want you to succeed, but if you do that, that means like murdering a lot of people. Sure. Which I think the film plays with. Yeah. In one way. Um, so our heroines, anti-heroines, we, there, there's a bit, there's a bit of a twist here. They're not just trying to exploit the sadness, the natural sadness within their community. They take it a step further and are becoming active participants. And in most cases, instigators of the process of tragedy in their community. So, there wasn't enough tragedy. No. While everybody around them is worried about prom and going to college and losing their virginity before graduation, uh, Michaela and Sadie don't want to graduate before they more or less commit their first killing spree. <laughs> Same. Same. So... That's yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much the gist of Tragedy Girls. Yeah. Um, gruesome. This is a gruesome little gem. Yeah, it's Let's very very gory. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like to the because it's like I guess you know it plays the meta thing because there's conversations between them about how they should kill someone and there's like a subplot in there that you know the one wants to be more creative with murdering than the other who's just fine with like shooting people in the head and like. Yeah. People die, like, very, you know, in your face. There's buzz saws and, and other things. Um, but, you know, it's that kind of gore where it's like, yeah, that's horrifying, but it's played to, like, teeny bopper music. And, you know, mm-hmm. Kesha's playing in the background as this chick gets her head sawed off by, you know, something in the in the wood shop shop. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of, like, big-name people in this movie. <laughs> There are a lot so, of big name people in this movie. Alexander Sh- Alexander Ship plays one of the girls, and she was recently in X Men, whatever the most recent X Men was called. I forget the one where they went back in time. <clears throat> Days of Future Past. Uh, Apocalypse. Oh, Apocalypse! Did they go back? I in never. Time? I didn't oh, see I guess that they one. went back in time in Days of Future Past. Apocalypse is the one with with um, Oscar Isaac, but she played Storm in <clears throat> X Men. So you know, there's that. Brianna Hildebrand was Negasonic Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool. 
Um, I never saw that. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson is in this. Oh my God, which I did not know. I, did I tell you how much I freaked out. <laughs> and they were like, oh, there's Toby. And I was like, okay. And I was like, oh my God. I know. I was like, oh my God. Um, Josh, he's so funny. He's hysterical. He plays this basically, he's like this bit character who is the ex boyfriend of Alexander Ship's character, Michaela, who is like that douche who sits around with the guitar and is like, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Like, he's that guy. He mm-hmm. like has his motorcycle and he sits there and he like waxes philosophic or whatever, but he doesn't actually say anything. He just, you know, like, it's, you know, the. The way he says nothing. He's like, yeah, you just need to, like, follow your dreams, you know? But he also has a blog and social media and has a bajillion followers. <laughs> he's, like, the hot, you know, like, he's, like, the Perez Hilton of this high school. Like, yeah, everything revolves around his social media. And so Sadie and Michaela try and get a favor because of, um, you know, since he used to date Michaela to see if he'll give them, like, a nod on their social media about these um, murders of kids that have been happening in the surrounding community so that, you know, their star will rise. And he's like, nah. <laughs> he's like, and I don't know. Thinks, and then, like, the way he tells them no and, like, his reasonings is so funny. And just, like, it's great because everybody around them are these like over the top ridiculous like stereotypes like almost cartoonish caricatures of people mm-hmm. and i think that's a great way that the movie tricks you or lets you know that it's okay to root for the tragedy girls at certain points because it's you're ridiculous. like they recognize how ridiculous these other people are i recognize how ridiculous these other people are i get it um Jack Quaid plays Jordan Welch. Jack Quaid, who is the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, mm-hmm. is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays. He starts. I liked him more in the first half of the movie in the second half than in the second half, which I think was the point. Because um, <clears throat> he starts out as kind of like he's their um, IT guy or their tech guy. Like he edits all their videos and stuff. Yeah, and. Um, he, you know, like, has this crush on uh, Brianna Hildebrand's character, and she kind of likes him, too, and, like, but, like, you know, he's, like, their dorky IT guy, and they're, like, murdering people, and he doesn't know. He just thinks he's helping them with the blog or whatever. Um, But, like, in the second half of the movie, he's kind of, like, I don't know. It's funny because it's, like, he's not a dick. Like, he's being completely reasonable. He's not, yeah. <laughs> but, um, because at that point, like, where you want to be with your weird messed up morals in this movie because of the way it plays itself he's like the enemy Um, right because that is the thing and i guess this it's something we'll get into is that like ultimately as like not so as this is it's very much about um like girl power and girl friendship and because it very specifically plays they don't let jack come between them you know jack and his morals (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not killing people. It's very grounded morality. Um, because when they do get to the point where they like are kind of turning on each other, even when she's the one is going in there to like kill Jack and kill everyone in the school, she very specifically says, "Okay, but you can't hurt my friend," which is kind of nice. But yeah, it's still really fucked up. It is. 
but yeah, there's a there's a lot of people in this movie. Um, uh, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson is in this movie. Uh, Nikki Wayland, she's on the From Dust Till Dawn TV series. Yeah. Um, and well, and that's another that's the kind of thing. Like, I don't know if it was just because of the cast, like all these like sort of TV ve- veterans. Yeah, because Austin Abrams is in it too. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson kind of being Speaking like of Walking Dead. The exception and and his part is kind of minor. But it feels like, it has the feel of a television show, didn't you think? Yeah. No, it felt like what Scream Queens wanted to be. Yes. Or if Scream, MTV Scream, was like a little bit less tangled. You know? Like, it's a bit more straightforward. Yeah. Then, like, I think that's, this is what it would look like. Um... Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, you know, one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe you just can't really do those types of things as a TV show. Like maybe it just, it kind of out and like Scream even like self referenced that in one episode where they're like, oh, this whole entire like concept of a slasher doesn't really work as a television show, which maybe it doesn't. I mean, I liked the first season of Scream, but maybe that's the thing is it like it either has to be a movie or a limited series or something um because this was like everything that scream queens and scream the mtv series wanted to be and it worked because it was a movie and it was a well done movie yeah and it's interesting though because i feel like i felt about tragedy girls the way i feel about scream like mtv's like it's like it's like it's bubblegum it was a bubblegum movie yeah. like it was a popcorn movie very sort of like there's no major twists. There's no like crazy turns in the story. You get a couple minor reveals, but um, it's just it's just a very easy movie, and that's fine um, because it's <laughs> you've got a lot going on with other things. Like <laughs> there's a lot of subplots in this movie. Yeah, we have alluded to like. Um, the the fame obsession thing like there's a lot of very barbed social commentary basically the fame obsessed um technology addicted millennials like sadie and michaela start off measuring their self-worth by the number of likes that they receive by the number of followers they have and that's not uncommon among like many many people that i'm sure we all know in our daily lives, even to some extent yeah. ourselves. Yeah, we're going to go out and start, you know, wreaking havoc to get on our podcast. And that's the to thing. get people that's, to listen to our podcast. That's why I liked it, because it was like, oh, these girls go on a murder spree to up the hits on their blog? Like, it's a great of course brand. I'm going to watch that. Um, yeah. I will say in the first five to ten minutes, I was a little bit confused about what exactly was going on. Um like what their blog was and who was it's who a, and it's an interesting opening. Yeah, like you're not like the first 10 minutes or so are a little bit confusing. Even maybe the first 15 minutes are a little bit confusing. But you get there. It's just like it's a very like breakneck pace opening and it's like it's a lot of information at once, but it's also not because not a lot happens. Yeah. Um because basically I guess this is a good point to go into like a synopsis because it opens with the one who's not Michaela, whose name Sadie. Sadie. Um, Sadie is on this date with this guy, and they're in the car, and you know, doing what the crazy teens do. 
and um, they hear a noise and she tells this dude to check it out and it very it's very jarring because immediately because she's like oh you should check it out and he's like no nah, it's probably nothing and then just immediately it's like record scratch stop and she's like why are you a pussy or something like that like immediately there's like this crazy like yeah tone like slam in your face and you're like oh um they get a well oh no no sorry I saw you leap <laughs> <laughs> it just like it had that that moment I think was um where I was kind of like oh, okay I feel like I have yeah kind of a sense of what this is gonna be like that to me was like um like when I drew parallels to like the other teeny bopper girl things out there like mean girls or yeah. gossip girls <clears throat> like I was like because there's there was something off about that immediately. Yeah, and I I still am not like that's like almost one of those things where immediately like I almost mentally shut down to this movie just because that was so jarring. Yeah, and I wasn't and, sure like is this just going to be like any other like even a bit like Heather's, you know, like yeah. is this all just going to be about like that's the sociopathic quest for popularity? Like yeah, it just yeah, like I and it was like I get what it's saying because it was or what it was trying to do with that like just kind of like break in the entire scene was it's like okay like yeah this is gonna be one of those you know like teen modern teen films right like it's being self referential and you know it's using yeah. language like oh are you a pussy and all this other stuff it's like whatever but it was just it was too much all at once um, yeah but they get out of the car. I'm not, I don't, she attacks him or he gets attacked, whatever. Michaela and her basically tie him up. It was a trap. Um, or they kill him, I guess. Is he, he's not in the later. Oh, no, wait. No, 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 no. He, they don't kill him. Yeah. Well, they do, but later. Once his face shows up. Yeah. Um, the actual killer. That was the thing that I think that confused me about the first 15 minutes of this movie is that there is an actual killer. Like, it's not just them. There was this guy who was, I guess, going around being a serial killer or was going to try to be. And they kidnap him because they want to use him later to take the fall for all the murders they plan on doing. So well, just... first they want him to give them tips. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. See, this is why this the beginning of this movie is so confusing. Yeah. Is because so they attack this kid. They want him to teach them how to kill. Yeah, so they attack this kid, they eventually kill him. They capture in the process Kevin Durand's character, um, who is this serial killer, um, who they capture and they're like, Oh yeah, for our blog, like we want tips from you about how to kill people, it'll be great, blah blah blah. And he's like, No, I'm not gonna do that and he like he goes on this whole speech about how he's gonna like, you know, drink blood from their skulls and like do all this stuff and they that bit did play well because he goes on this because it's so over the top yeah he's like i'm gonna do like all this stuff he says he's gonna do and like chop them to bits and stuff and they just start laughing and he's like why are you laughing and they're like you know this is great um so they decide they're gonna keep him locked up in this shed um because they're like well he's not gonna give us tips so we just have to go for it at this point is when they kill um, our dear nameless teenage boy. Um, or at least they thought they killed him and he starts groaning and he's apparently still alive. <laughs> um, poor child. 
but basically, yeah, so they decide they're going to go off on this murder spree on their own and cover it themselves, like, basically, like, a dirty journalist who's, like, I'm going to make news and then be the first person to be break the, the story. Um, <laughs> I liked I, I liked that sort of running joke of things, like, they're they're committing all these murder, murders and and trying to get their fame up and stuff or whatever. And, like, the first couple murders get played off as accidents. Yeah. And, like, nobody, like, pays attention to anything. And they're like, well, shit! Like, <laughs> and they're clearly not accidents. What we have to do? And that was funny. Um, and what I like about the opening, too, is that they're clearly consciously playing with that, like, you know, they've got these two teenagers isolated in a car, like, make-out point to show whatever. They're ta- attacked by a mass killer. There's so many true slashers that start this way and genuinely mean it. So when you see that at first, you're like, the oh, town that another one of these. And then within, like, two minutes, they completely flip it on its head. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is, like, this movie messes with tropes, but not in the way that now we're used to everything messing with tropes, because we're in the age of meta things. Like, the fact that they do these murders, and they all, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's a real shame that he fell on his axe and then shot himself. Like, they just very ridiculously find ways to say, like, oh, yeah, it was an accident. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is funny, because I don't think I've seen that before. Um but yeah, the kills were good. The kills were good. And that's, that, that's why it's funny that the first couple, they're like, it's an act. Wow, what a tragic. Like, this one girl gets chopped up in the woodcutting shop, like, head first, I think, into the yeah. buzzsaw. Oh, yeah, the bitchy cheerleader. And then she gets, and they're like, oh, yeah, wow, what an accident. But, um, so yeah, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna, that's really we're gonna run out, we're gonna do murder, essentially. And they keep the serial killer alive and imprisoned because they want him to take the fall for it when um, they decide that they're done do- murdering, essentially. When they're done, right. Um, exactly. So they're at school. They're, like, their best friends at school, all this stuff. They've got Lowell, their IT guy, who edits their videos and their blog. Um, there's this bitchy cheerleader who's like literally, and this was the thing that I loved because I remember watching it and thinking, I know this girl. Like I knew this girl in high school. Like I could name her. I'm not going to, but there was this chick. We'll call her the chick. Um, I will tell you, she had very much a typical white girl name who was literally that person who was that fake nice to everyone who did everything like had her hands in all the school extracurricular pies and like had to be the best at it and was like she wasn't president but she was like every year she was some kind of class officer she was in student council she was in band she was in drama club she was in all honors classes like she was pretty like all this stuff and it was like oh my god the thing is that that person exists well then, yeah that's the thing right we all know yeah. these characters and these archetypes and these send-ups and that's that's what great teen slashers and comedies always play to and and tragedy girls is doing the same thing just like mean girls just yeah. like gossip girl just like heathers um because like they're straightforward in what they want to do as a movie. Like, um, there's no hidden agenda to tragedy girls. Yeah. Um, and that kind of frees them to 
to make the movie a lot of fun and to play with a lot of things and to nod to a lot of different things and to shout out to a lot of different horror things. Um, I mean, even their names, Michaela Hooper after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toe Hooper, Mm -hmm. Sadie Cunningham for Sean S. Cunningham, who directed Friday the 13th, you know, and the movie's just filled with references to Halloween and Scream and, uh, single white female even with the haircut and the relationship. And um, there's references to martyrs. There's references to cannibal Holocaust. Like it's just a love letter to all of these, um, you know, influential, usually teen centric horror uh, works of the past. Um, which is kind of, it's sort of like Scream-esque, like Wes Craven's Scream, the movie. The, re- the original it's, Scream. Yeah. Trying to subvert the genre and upend, you know, the current horror tropes that we have in this Gen Z 2018 world. Um, but I think the difference is that with Scream, I think Raven's um, deep dive into the horror world was a bit more good-natured. Well, he was also trying to legitimately make a horror film in addition to parodying them. Like, this is very much, like, obviously, yes, we would still consider this a slasher. We would still consider it very gory. There are parts of it that are, you know, like, oh my god, that's puns. Horrifying. But for the most part, it's played for laughs. Like, it's played for look at this thing from a safe distance and kind of, you know, analyze it and remark on it and laugh at it. But, you know, don't get too... Like, you get invested with the story between the girls. Um... But for the most part, like, you don't... There's no real emotional pull, whereas in Scream, it's like... You know, he did create... And, you know, create this very good mythology between Sydney and Ghostface. And kind of this almost, like, Phantom of the Opera, like, Eric and, and Christine-type vibe. Like, you very much did get pulled in by the bits of it that were real stories. And it very much was a real story. It's just in the midst of that, people were also pointing out how they were basically living a yeah. horror movie. Well, because I think with Scream, the the point of it kind of was like Wes Craven being like, listen, you guys out there are getting too good at this. Filmmakers have gotten too lazy. It's time to shake things up. Yeah. And he still... He wasn't like... And I'm not necessarily saying that Tragedy Girls is doing this, but like Craven wasn't like shitting on the teenage experience when he made scream and he like these, he cared about the characters and the movie cared about the characters and like treated them kindly in a way Mm -hmm. where I feel like tragedy girls is a bit more brutal. Like I like, I feel like the, the production behind it was just sort of like, hope you like our movie. Like you narcissistic, yeah, it was a very Teenage cynical assholes, movie. <clears throat> you know, because no one's really that redeemable. Like, it's kind of like what you were just saying, Miss Mel. Like, you sort of are invested in their relationship, but 
in the end, like, oh, you're kind of just like, I think I'm weeping for the future. And I don't know if that's the point of the movie. Well, because I guess it's because it's like you don't really understand why they're doing what they're doing. And it's like, it comes across as, like, I guess that's the breaking point for me is the fact that, so they go on this murder spree and they are constantly telling their parents, like, oh, we're at prom or whatever. And there's never a point where it seems like somebody's going to find out about them. Like, it's never, like, yeah. that tent. There's never any tension about it. Like, their parents just believe them. Nobody ever thinks they're responsible. Like, or I guess the sheriff at one point does, kind of. But, like, yeah. it's never, like, fully, like... But they're not truly in danger. Yeah, they're never in danger. And there's never any discussion of, like, why the fuck are they doing this? Like, it's, like, you know, you, I can't even say they're sociopathic because it's, like, almost what they're doing and why they're doing it and how they talk about it almost seems over the top. Because later, as their relationship starts to disintegrate, like, it's played like it was some kind of, like, fundamental flaw in their friendship. Like, somebody stole right. somebody's boyfriend or somebody just inherently didn't like something about the other person. But it's like, no, they're arguing about the fact that they were killing people. Right. And I wonder if maybe that's... Well, I'm, I'm sure that's at least one of the points they're going for, I guess. That, like... Or maybe because they don't have a real reason or a real reason that we can really see, that's supposed to make it scary. Yeah. But like it because doesn't, it's though. this sort of like the shallow social media dependence, the inability to separate their lives from their lives um, on the internet. Like, uh, remember the part where they're like, oh, you should probably stop checking in everywhere unless you tell <laughs> the serial killer where you are. I did find like, that I'd rather funny. die. Yeah, the, the, the sheriff tells them because they, they tend to, sh I guess he was like questioning or they were talking about basically how they tend to show up where murders happen yeah. or something. And he was like, well, maybe you should stop checking in your location everywhere you go. And she's like, I would rather die. Like I that die. I enjoyed because it's like, you know, that I felt like their social media thing was coming across maybe a little less after she said, I would rather die. Cause at that point it was like, okay. And we're back to looking at this through a distant telescope. Like I liked the, the way the sheriff was just like, well, maybe stop checking in your location. Cause it's like, yeah, maybe we yeah. should all stop telling people where the fuck we literally are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that all was a big thing time. when it yeah. was first really introduced in Twitter, when Twitter kept asking when you would tweet, if you wanted to also like tag your location. And since Twitter is mainly a place for celebrities at this point to just, you know, do what they, I mean, obviously we all use Twitter, but let's be real. Like, you know, the majority of the people who use it and use it well are various celebrities. Um, it's evolved it's, into a way to um, keep up with pop culture rather than keep up with your peers. Yeah. So it's like they can't start tweeting their locations. Like then everyone obviously will do what they do. Um, so it's like, yeah, like the fact that we feel the need to, and I do it too. I'm guilty of it all the time when I'm on, I do it only on Instagram um, just because that's my aesthetic on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, as the horrible person that I am is that I will tweet when I'm at like, you know, when we're at brunch. I want people to know where we brunched in case they want to go too. But you know, it's also dangerous because it's like, you know, yeah. you're telling well, people exactly where see, you are. We all see ourselves in the tragedy girls a little bit, yeah, you know, or, or in the people around them a little bit. Um, I mean, because they're, 
like it's a sleek movie. Like they're they're saying um or they're creating a conversation that's worth having. Um yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, so basically they want to get hits, they're not getting hits or likes. They go up to the boyfriend the ex-boyfriend and ask him to shout them out on his social media and he won't do it for literally so many words, but ultimately what it comes down to is just he doesn't want to. Um, it would ruin the aesthetic of his social media. His Instagram. His Instagram, where he takes pictures with his motorcycle constantly. Um, so they decide, okay, we have to kill him. Like, so, and you're like, yeah, you know what, fair. I would, ex- I hope you kill Josh Hutcherson, actually. Like, if he's not in this movie to be brutally murdered. It was like when we all thought Ed Sheeran was about to be, like, yeah, destroyed by Arya and it didn't happen. Like, this, this was the fulfillment of that moment, fulfillment. that denied moment. Um, so yeah, basically they do. They kill Josh Hutcherson, but it appears to be an accident. The way which, oh my god, how fucking hilarious is that moment where right they try and stage it so that he crashes his motorcycle and hopefully he dies in the crash, but he doesn't. And then Sadie goes because another driver's coming down the road, so Sadie goes to keep him from hearing anything and Michaela then ends up um she's uh, covering Josh Hutcherson's mouth and then she ends up suffocating him and how hilarious was that when Josh Hutcherson was like if anyone was gonna kill me I'm glad it's you (laughs) (laughs) Jesus and he says it in this like breathy dreamy voice right that even in death he is you know that guy with the ponytail playing guitar on the quad in college with a a couple of bangs hanging yeah Um, I laughed so hard. <laughs> yeah, so that was a really good bit. Just the entire Josh Hutcherson portion of this movie was very good. Um, but yeah, so it's an accident, though. It looks like an accident, which is partially their fault because they staged it to look like an accident, <clears throat> even though a coroner's report would show he was suffocated to death. But we don't need to pick. We're not going to start picking at this movie that way. Um <clears throat> so yeah they're like fuck like he it looks like he died in an accident um and they try and get somewhere on it because they like you know they tweet about it or whatever and they talk about it so like there's a lot of montages in this movie of them just having one-off little comments or conversations about different people dying and then it would pop up these super impositions of like likes and comments on social media um so they were like shit we have to kill someone else and this time it can't be an accident so i think next they go for the cheerleader bitch um who they basically they like fuck up her it's like her habitat for humanity but for birds or something i'm not entirely (laughs) sure what that was also kind of a funny joke that like it's never really clear what this project is it's like a bird they just know that it's like it's it's excessive (laughs) yeah she was like gonna go to the state finals for like habitats for endangered birds or fucking something it's like basically a dollhouse but it's meant for some kind of animal um and they screw they they like destroy it or whatever so she's like shit i have to build a new one so she stays late in the wood shop and they're like okay we're gonna kill her and it's not gonna be it's gonna be clear that she was murdered and they show up in their masks and they like just totally fuck it up because the cheerleader recognizes their voices and they just can't like stuff goes wrong and eventually Yeah, like, it's pretty, it's good. It's a very funny scene. Eventually, they get her buzz sawed in the head. Like, she falls over. I don't even think they do it. I think she trips. And Yeah, because that's the thing. They 
it's all like it's not actually them for the first couple ones, you yeah, know. It's, it's, like it kind of is, but it is. Like they do the finishing blows, but like. Oh, I guess they did. It was the boyfriend in the beginning? They did chop him up because there was a Breaking Bad joke. Because they chop him up. Was it him? That's the boy from the car. The boy right? from the car. The very beginning, they chop yeah, him they up chop him and up. they yeah. dissolve his body. And they said that they saw it on Breaking Bad, and they're like, "But it works." So like. Yeah. Which I guess is even in itself a commentary on, like, oh, watching, you know, things and, you know, mirroring art. But so they kill the cheerleader. At this point, I think it's made fairly obvious that she was murdered. Like, I, I don't think this one is an accident, but I also. Yeah. I can't well, remember. they, they, um, she dies and then they think, oh, we'll just leave her. And then they're like, no, because it. They, it could look like an accident, and we're not doing this again. Yes, yeah, so they chop her up. Let's make it very clear that she was murdered. So yeah, they like so chop. They, and they put her head on the turntable. Yes, they do do that. So yeah, everyone's like, "Oh shit, she was murdered." Um, so they like jump on it, and they like are the head of her like wake committee, and they make this like create like this very typical high school like montage picture video set to like. I will remember you for her her service at the school. And they kind of like get into the limelight for that. And then it's snatched away from that. And that's always the funny thing too. They in the first couple of murders, they're kind of getting close to like um moments where they would achieve like startup. They almost get reviewed by interviewed by the local reporter. They almost get to announce the name of their their blog like publicly at the school assembly, but they're always being interrupted, which was another funny recurring bit. Um, and this time they happen to be interrupted by Craig Robinson's character, who um, I'm not sure what he was, but he was just he was like a, the he was a fireman town. Oh, he was a fireman. That's right, and he's a town hero, and. Um, He's insistent, like, okay, these disappearances, this, this, and this, and this, this is all connected, you guys. Like, let's fucking do something about it. So they're like, oh, shit. And he's like, everyone's like, yeah, big Al. And he, like, basically steals their limelight at the funeral. They were, like, in the middle of about to, like you said, announce their blog. Because they were like, oh, you can donate to her thing on our blog. Like, she had whatever fucking charity she was making that birdhouse for. They were like, oh, yeah. you can donate to it. Donate to it! On our blog. But they get cut off by Big Owl, who does his thing. And they're like, fuck, he has to go next. And so they off Big Owl. They off Big Owl at the gym. In a really hilarious fight. Because oh God, that was Big probably- Owl is... As you would think, big. That was probably the most gruesome kill yeah, for me. They eventually take him down. Yeah, that was rough. He that was- he dies because basically his the top portion of his skull gets cut off when a a bar like a um Dumbbell. bar dumbbell. I should know. I go not to the that. gym, but not that I use that the equipment. Heavy one. The heavy I one that you that you that you. D- you can't see the action I'm doing. The heavy one, no, basically, <laughs> um, that you chest press, basically. A free weight chest press falls down his head. This is why you always have a spotter, kids. Um, falls on his head, then cuts his head in half. And it's pretty gross. <laughs> and now, throughout all of this, um, the girls are checking in on Lowell, the, the real serial killer. Well, now they are also serial killers. But the serial killer that had been terrorizing the town... 
And he's refusing to cooperate. They're just kind of like feeding him. And Lowell is slowly getting into Michaela's head by convincing her that um, she's really, she's the one that really has the potential to be something great in the murder world. (laughs) And she needs to ditch Sadie because if she doesn't, Sadie will eventually ditch her. And this ends up um, really getting to Michaela when uh, Sadie is uh, interviewed, I think, in the wake of Big Al's death. Was it? But yeah, she starts. So, in the midst of Lowell, like getting into her head, Michaela's head, Sadie is also spending a lot more time with. Um, Jordan, the the tech guy, yeah. which Michaela didn't like from the beginning, which it's never really clear why, um, but she just didn't really like Jordan. I wonder if it was that funny thing because Sadie didn't like Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. You know, there's like the friends not liking each friend's boyfriend. Yeah. So that kind of like was annoying her. Um, so that kind of like they kind of veer off in these stuff. This is where I guess the the weird messed up feminism of this movie comes in, is that these two separate male entities kind of pull them away from each other. So she, um, and like Jordan doesn't like Michaela either. So he kind of gets inadvertently like he's not as manipulative as Lowell, but he does like kind of try and pull Sadie away from Michaela because he thinks Michaela's bad news and this other stuff. With um, good reason. Yeah, because I guess... And at, he sees the shoes in Michaela's he locker. Shoes. He sees the bloody to, shoes. He sees her send the text at the town hall meeting. So he starts to suspect that she's behind it and assumes that Sadie has no idea. Um, and Sadie, in her attempts, I think, to like lead him away from that kind of makes it seem like... Kind of starts to separate them, cause she, like, essentially... And at someone's town hall meeting or funeral or someone's death, I forget which it was, honestly, um, Sadie gets asked a question by a reporter and she they refer to her solely as the tragedy girl instead of tragedy girls and she doesn't correct them. And that's kind of like the tipping point. So the friendship begins to fracture. They have a big blowout um, while they're decorating the gym for prom. And... Um, uh, da, 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 da. They're, they're now basically on opposite ends of the spectrums. Uh, Sadie is uh, drawn a lot more closer to Jordan. Um, she ends up saving his life when Lowell escapes and attacks Jordan and the sheriff and Sadie to get revenge. Uh, she's the town hero. Um, and Michaela is feeling neglected and out of the limelight. So she basically agrees to be Lowell's, that they'll be partners in crime. And, and it looks for a bit that Sadie's kind of over um, all the killing, this plan. Is it because she has Jordan? Is it because she's achieved the fame? Who knows? Yeah. So then it comes time for prom, um, where... Michaela and Lowell are ready to enact their very Carrie-esque inspired plan and kill the entire class, basically. All the, they all wanted the to just carry class. the whole thing. They did want to just carry the whole thing. And then that's when we get into um, 
the final battle and the confrontation uh, between our main players. And, um, well, we won't. No spoilers. Um, now it's, we an, say it's no an interesting spoilers. ending, and it ends on a very interesting note. Um, which I think. Which, uh, I, so, my biggest question is obviously, they. The way it ends, I guess, if we're trying to avoid spoilers, I want to know why nobody asked any questions as to why the things played out the way they did. Things they played out the way they did and what happened ended up happening and nobody has any questions as nobody finds any suspicion in that. (laughs) Like, you lost me a little bit there at the end because it's like the rest of it, it's like it was very funny and it very much worked out but this is like, there's no way you can tell me that they were not suspects. Well, and just that... Yeah, it's hard to talk about without spoiling. Yeah. Um, there it doesn't it does it also I don't think it feels earned, despite the fact that it makes sense. Yeah. You know that's what I'm the, yeah, about? that's the thing, is it's like I can buy where you were going with all of this, but I don't I don't think you put the work in to to get yeah. there. I think it was like, oh, this is the ending we want, and this is the ending that the story works towards when we're running out of time, so let's just do it. Yeah, it was very much... I don't even want to say it's a Stephen King ending, because Stephen King endings are weak in a much different way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was just, it was very much they had an ending in mind, and they... Just got lazy at the end, yeah, and said, "Okay, this is what it is. Like you've gotten right. this far, we're just hoping that you'll stick with it." Um, which Possibly is... to the sacrifice of some other stuff, but again, I mean, I don't know. I was never bored. No, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I had a ton of fun watching it. Yeah, it's very fun. Um, I just also I wasn't blown away either. No, because it's like, on the one hand, you think, you know, okay, it is doing something kind of innovative with the meta horror genre um, by specifically and very overtly focusing on social media. Um, But at the same time, you know, I don't overly like I'm not someone who buys the very much the very straightforward social media is bad argument from a lot of people because I don't think it's inherently a bad thing. Obviously, this. Um, movie is playing it up to like you know an extreme caricature but I would have liked it to have maybe showed more sides to that coin especially with how much everyone in the movie is like into social media and uses it like I don't know like I just I never it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that the whole idea is like oh, yeah, yeah I think that's media is cynical and I think, yeah, I think that's what I, what kind of what I was saying before. Like, I think the audience that this is directed towards and the community that it's really about, I don't know that the director or the filmmakers really took time to understand that audience. Yeah. Um, Cause it was, and, yeah. and beyond a more, beyond a one dimensional sort of representation, but maybe that's the point because everyone in this movie is very one dimensional and the approach towards social media is very one dimensional. And it's just kind of like, 
yeah, here you you guys are a bunch of oblivious sociopaths. Enjoy our movie. Yeah, which, you um, know, and that's the thing. It's just like everything, you know, like I really liked certain bits of this movie in pieces by themselves. And there's other larger things that it's like I would tweak that or, you know, like I'm not sure I agree with what it's saying because it's like on the one hand, and I guess it would have been better if it wasn't at certain points trying to make an argument. Like, if it was just, like, the entire thing was a frilly bubblegum movie that was just, you know, making a caricature of everything, that would be one thing. But there are points when it tries to say something. Like, yeah. it very much does try and critique different... I just don't think it mapped out what it wanted to say. Yeah. It was almost like, oh, here, here's a window where we could say well, something. Let's kind of say something. It's both... The demographic it's aimed at is also the demographic it is criticizing. Yeah. Which is what's Which is weird. interesting, right? It's a product of the internet generation, and it's also condemning the internet generation. It's like, people are watching this on Hulu. Like, mm -hmm. people who are and watching all this about, are going like, to be between the ages of, you know, like, 16 and 35. The people who are using all this stuff, right? Like, it's... And I think the younger half of that spectrum... Like the maybe the newer horror fans out there who didn't grow up watching Scream and um, it's ilk. I think yeah. they're the people who are really. I think this would score well for them. Um, whereas if you're a bit more well versed in horror, uh, you might not you might not hold this with as much importance. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's yeah. something else I was going to say about your point. <laughs> and we're vamping until Vamp remembers them. Um, there's a lot of jazz hands right now. <laughs> um, a lot of just like high kicking. But that's, I guess that's ultimately the thing though, is a common theme throughout all our criticisms of this movie is that it didn't think enough. Like yeah. it, it very much had super potential in certain parts. Like some of it was very good. And the entire idea of it was very good, but it's just, like, it didn't think its way through itself, and mm -hmm. it didn't really care to. No. It was just like, no. here, you know, watch our, our movie, here's this horrible thing that you're going to see and laugh at because it's so gruesome. Like, and I think that's part of the reason why some of the, well, pretty much all the deaths in this are so, like, gory, is because it's like, look at this shock horror slash shock comedy right. that we're giving you and don't dig into, you know, anything we are or are not trying to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say... Overall, overall, overall final thoughts about Tragedy Girls. What's your... What's <clears throat> your couple senses on that? Um... It was entertaining. Um, I did enjoy watching it. Like, I didn't dislike... With the exception of that momentary bit at, in the first 30 seconds where I didn't know what was going to happen afterwards. <laughs> um, I didn't dislike any part of watching it. Um, it's just, you know, in retrospect, thinking about it and the things it says, you know, I'm not super behind all of that slash I think it should have fleshed its own self out more to figure out what it was trying to say um so it's like if you want something to just be entertained with watch it for sure I mean I think everyone yeah. should watch it period because I think it is pretty good um but you know if, once you start to dig into it there's a lot of 
lots of holes. Yeah. Yeah. You? You got anything? I would agree with all of that. Um, it's very easy to watch just in the sense that it's easy on the eyes. It's easy on your brain. You don't have to think too hard. Um, I think this would be an entertaining, uh, group movie. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's a lot of fun, maybe not so much depth, but, um, good, um, uh, gruesome, gruesome effects that all looked practical to me. Yeah. Uh, not, not too much CGI. The yeah. gallows humor is very fun. You know, you've got the social commentary about this and that. Um, yeah. Bubble gummy, popcorn. And it plays that too, especially at the end. The climactic scene is in this room that has a black light and they're wearing these super neon party masks. Yeah. Um, and it's Which very... I took to be a nod to the purge. Yes. Um, well, because they start out just as white masks in the beginning and right. then later they get... Which I took to be a nod to... Well, many, 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 um, but you know, and I do think there is some, you know, that shot that is the, tr- the, the poster of the movie of them in their masks, holding hands, um, while people are like, they, people are dying, yeah, yeah. um, is very good. Like, I like that, you know, and I do think that mood and tone for the movie definitely came across, um, you know, and it's kind of like an eye fest that way too, I feel like. Like there's a lots of this movie that are visually meant to just be very evocative of, you know, that yeah. Teenage bubblegum slasher nonsense. Yeah, um, it's visually staged <laughs> if you're a film person or if you can bear it. The mise en scène. <laughs> Well, I almost said well that at the beginning well and I stopped myself. <laughs> yeah. But you went and said it, so. Um, yeah. and, um, it's, and it's, um, I, I just, uh, just a quick note. It's very, it's well acted. Yeah. From everybody. Everyone does a really good job. I think for me, Probably Kevin they're all was the standout, but everyone was good. They're all stupidly already well-known actors. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say before. Um, I wonder if the commentary they like kind of half-ass were making would have come across better or if the whole effect would have been better if we didn't have names in this cast. Like if it was nobodies, like 80s yeah. slasher style and you just cast newbies. Um, I mean, no one here is exactly A-list aside from Josh Hutcherson. No, Hutterson. yeah, but this movie like... But they have large enough appeal and they're recognizable enough that you're like wait now who's that again you know what i mean yeah and like the casting of josh hutcherson was very much an aware we're casting josh hutcherson and you're going to yeah. watch josh hutcherson die and you're going to tell josh hutcherson do this thing he's only in it for like 15 minutes that's the point yeah yeah so i wondered that too maybe which but, again uh, plays into like okay you're intending this for the same audience that you are criticizing by yeah. doing that so it's like I don't it's a circle cause a wheel cause a wheel um, I liked all the, re- the references were fun to different horror movies yeah so so that's tragedy girls um yeah give it a yeah. watch yeah 
Go for it on the Hulu. You, know, you have you have good. You have like whatever. Since Hulu stole Family Guy, you better uh, get yourself an account. It up, you guys. They snatched it up. Plus, and watch Handmaid's Tale. It's pretty good too. Battle um, of the streaming services. Yeah, now Disney's getting into the fray there too because they tried to buy Netflix and Netflix said no. So now Disney is starting its own streaming service. They sure are. Um, so basically everything that we were supposed to be avoiding with streaming in terms of high-priced cable is just now coming back Yeah. in the form of streaming. Paying for all these different services to watch everything you want to watch because yeah. none of it's all in the same place. Yeah, so... Right. Yeah, we had a good run. Until <laughs> <laughs> everyone got jealous of Netflix. Um, so, Miss Mel, shall we go full tragedy girls and list off our social media? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> um, so, Twitter, you can follow us at splattertrader666 minus the vowels, but if that is too damn difficult, you can just search it in Twitter. We will pop right up. You can follow us on Instagram at splattertrader666 with the vowels. Um, you can follow the Tumblr, splatterchatter.tumblr.com. You can follow Craig's blog, splatterchatter666.blogspot.com. You can email us at splatterchatter669 at Woo! gmail.com. <laughs> um, and I think that's that's all the social medias, I believe. That's all the... Yeah, it's all the social medias. And then, of course, you can find us on Patreon. Patreon. Now. You, you can, can help find us. fund our overnight stay at uh, Camp Scooby, Scobie, whatever yes, it's called. Yes, you guys, we're seriously considering it. Um, yes, please check out our Patreon page. You can find it at patreon.com slash splatterchatter666. And consider becoming a patron of the show. You can donate, um, or you can pledge to donate $1, 5 or $10 a month and get all sorts of fun prizes and rewards um, for your donations, including a subscription to The Howler, the new official Splatter Chatter monthly newsletter, which will have our horror picks of the month in film, TV, and literature, as well as more horror headlines and our book club selection. Mm-hmm. You could also um, get the horror Q&A perk, which will let you submit a question to the show, and we will answer it at the top of the next episode. You could also even become a show programmer, where you could get to pick the topic that we'll cover in an upcoming episode. Something you want to hear us, you know, rap about. A movie, a TV show, a book, a creepy urban legend. We will do it. And we really appreciate, of course, any penny that is given to the show to help us become more consistent, more professional, and keep delivering uh, content to you guys. Another thing we would appreciate is if you head on over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. You can also listen and download the podcast there and listen to it as well on SoundCloud. The SoundCloud. Yes, all the things. All the things. Woo! All right. And we didn't miss anything, right? I think no, that's it. No, I think that's it. Um, okay. So, yeah, with that, we'll be back in about two weeks. Um, yeah, with something else. <laughs> with something else, we don't know. We don't know what's next. It'll be something. It'll be sexy. Maybe mm. if you, someone donates and becomes a, uh, a show programmer, you can tell us what's next. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Check it out. Check it out. And now, we will transition from the 
awkward goodbye stage of the podcast (laughs) to signing off. Mm -hmm. And until we talk to you guys next, be sure to keep up the creep. And for now, we will say au revoir, adios, and das vidal.